You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our Greenville teaching pastor, Matt Humphrey. Good morning. Man, it is good to be back. Missed you guys. My family and I have been gone uh, for two weeks and uh, some, some time away. We took a road trip, but it is awesome to be back. Man, I miss worship. Um, how many needed that today? Um, man, we are, uh, yeah, it is so good to, to, to be here today. Uh, we are in a series called You Don't Have to Learn the Hard Way. Uh, and we've been going through the book of Proverbs, and I hope you've been following along, reading through uh, chapter day as we uh, unpack this series. Uh, we're, we're not going through, um, you know, verse by verse and chapter by chapter, but we're kind of doing an overview, looking at the, the purpose of, uh, of God's wisdom in Proverbs. And we said this in week one, that Proverbs asks the question, how should we live? And the answer is, to, we should live our lives with wisdom, but the the... You may have noticed this just by watching human nature is you see that there's a difference between wisdom and knowledge. Uh, there's a huge difference because sometimes you see the smartest people that lack common sense, right? <laughs> or you see, you see smart people make dumb decisions. I, I look back at my life and I've see, had so many lessons that I've learned the hard way that I wish I could go back and undo. Um, and so with this it's great to understand principles and, and, and why, but when it comes to it, I think all of us, like, we want to make good decisions. We, we want to, to walk with wisdom. We want to, in the, in the decision-making processes of our life, um, all of us would say, I want to make great decisions. Like, I, I want to be uh, somebody who, who is wise in their conduct, who is wise in their advice that they give, and, um, and in that, uh, so, uh, we're going to unpack this today. There's two main principles that I kind of want to lay for us, and then five kind of reminders as we go through us about wise decision-making. So, some of this you may have heard before. Pretend you haven't. Take notes anyways. Um, I think for all of us, it's a great reminder. But here, we're going to jump in today, and then if, if we're all lucky, I'm going to land the plane early. I know I say that, but I've done it before. Okay. Um, once, maybe. All right. Um, first principle is this, is that decisions do not make moments, they create paths. Um, it's often called the principle of the path, but decisions, um, they don't make moments in our life, um, they create pathways. I'm going to explain that in just a second, but turn with me if you have a Bible, if you're a copy of scriptures, we're going to be Proverbs chapter four, we're going to bounce around, but this is our main text this morning as we get to unpack it. Now I'm going to read a lot of it, so uh, bear with me as we go through this Real quick. Proverbs chapter four, we're going to start in verse one. Remember, this is Solomon who's writing, uh, the wisest man who ever lived outside of Jesus. Um, Solomon became king at a young age. God asked him if he could have anything, what would it be? And he asked for wisdom in leading God's people. And so God granted him wisdom. And so he's writing through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writing the, the book of Proverbs. And he writes Ecclesiastes and a Song of Songs. But he's writing out Proverbs. And so you see this, um, we, we talked about it also in week one. We'll see different uh, characters kind of intertwined in this. There's these um, kind of storytelling that's taking place as a father down to a son. We see lady wisdom, and you're like, lady wisdom, lady liberty, wait, what is, does she have a torch? No, uh, wisdom is personified as lady wisdom throughout Proverbs. And so uh, we see that. So don't get confused. It's just he's, he's giving some descriptions to us gaining wisdom. So uh, Solomon is speaking here, verse one. 
My children, listen when your father corrects you. And all the parents said, amen. All right, here we go. All right, pay attention and learn good judgment, for I am giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my instructions, for I too was once my father's son, tenderly loved as my mother's only child. He's talking about his dad, David. Remember King David, David and Goliath, David? That was his dad. He says, my father taught me, take my words to heart, follow my commands, and you will live. Get wisdom, develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. See a pattern here? Don't turn your back on wisdom for she will protect you. Love her and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. It's kind of like, anyways, isn't that obvious? Um, And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will place a lovely wreath on your head. She will present you with a beautiful crown. My child, listen to me and do as I say, and you will have a long life. Um, You will have a long, good life. I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in straight paths. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Take hold of my instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them, for they are the key to life. Don't do as the wicked do, and don't follow the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving. For evil people can't sleep until they've done their wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Um, uh, the way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines even brighter until the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they are stumbling over. Verse 20. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen, listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your hearts, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole bodies. Verse 23, guard your heart above all else, uh, for it determines the course of your life. Now, you see this theme. He's, he's, yes, he's saying, hey, wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Listen to my instruction. Listen to my instruction. He's saying, listen to wisdom because he's saying there, there's two paths before you. There's the path of the wicked and there's the path of the righteous, the path of the wise. He's saying it's not just about momentary decisions. It's about paths. It's about the the paths that your decisions add up to and create in your life. Um, Bear with me. This is a very, very simple illustration. I I used this years ago, and it's it's always stuck with me because um, I think we often think about decisions in the linear sense, right? We we think about decisions as, as moments, right? If, if this is the span of our life, uh, we, we look at big decisions. I rated my daughter's bracelet making kit while she was asleep last night. And so we have a gold star uh, bead. Thank you, Emma. Um, super high budget here. Um, we, we, th- we tend to think that in our life, that when we look at it, that there's just a series of decisions in linear paths. The reality though, when we, read God's word, when we look at our life, uh, decisions aren't just in a linear sequence of moments. What decisions actually do is decisions create paths for us. And if what we have to see is that what we decide in those moments 
shape the direction of our life. Because whether we choose left or right, whether we choose you know, to, to move to a different city or a different career, we, we think it's just a series of, of moments, but each of those moments creates a decision, creates a new path. And when we look at the summation of our lives and all of the intersecting different paths, if we begin to see differently, if we begin to see that, hey, you know what? Depending upon what I decide here, is gonna create two entirely different paths for me to walk down in my life. Well, we don't look at decisions as just little things anymore. We say, well, that's, that kind of determines where I go. That determines the course of my life, and so maybe I should seek more wisdom in making decisions. And not just like, oh, it's a moment, it's a thing. I'm not talking about whether you get sausage or pepperoni on your pizza, right? We're not, we're not talking about the little things. Yes, those are important because it should be both, right? Um, all the meats. You heard me, all the meats. Um, but decisions shape the course of our life. So in making decisions, we don't have to learn the hard way. We don't have to do things in such a way that we're like, ooh, I wish I would have asked for advice or I wish I would have sought out wisdom because I, I made a bad decision because I look at the path that I'm walking down. So we have to think about them being, not being moments. Um, but if we understand that they create paths, uh, we don't just decide what to, to do, but we decide where we're headed. That's what decisions do. So, uh, but you don't necessarily have to be the wisest person in the world. Here's the, the good news. This is good news for me, right? Is that wise decisions are made by those that understand the weight. It doesn't mean that, the, that wise decisions are only made by wise people. Uh, even the fool can become wise by walking with the wise. So this is, this is a great thing. If you're, if you're not the smartest person in the room, uh, this is great news for you. This is great news for me, is that wise decisions are not made by those that are just wise, but those that understand the weight of the decision. Those that understand that this is going to create a path for my life. It's not just what city I move to. It's not just what career. It's not just how I raise my children. It's not just all of those things. It's a creating a pathway for my life. It's, it's, it's those that understand the weight of what's at stake. It's kind of like um, with kids, especially, you walk into a store, you're just, you know, window shopping or whatever, and I always usually do this. You find the first breakable thing and you pick it up and you look at the price tag. Immediately, like, $400 for a pencil holder or whatever it may be. You know, immediately you, like, set it down and you walk away. And kids are, like, wanting a bottle flip with it. I'm like, do not touch anything in the store. We can't afford it uh, unless you want to eat oatmeal for the rest of your life. Um, and so it's, it's always that, like, you go somewhere and immediately when you understand the price tag of things, you kind of, like, slowly just want to back out of the store or, like, not touch a thing, right? It's, it's the same way. You understand that I don't want to pay $400 for a ceramic like unicorn that holds a pencil or whatever it is. Like when you understand the weight of it, when you understand the, the gravity of a situation, you, you, you look at your decisions a lot differently. Um, should I take this new job? It's not, just, it's not just a job, it's not just a paycheck. Should I move to a different city? 
I have this opportunity. Should, should I leave my, my church family and, and move somewhere else? I've seen people's lives drastically changed because of not walking through decisions like that with wisdom. Should I buy this home or car? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. How should I parent my kids? How do I share my faith with my coworkers? How, um, you know, is, is, this, is it wise to allow this thing into my life? How, should I allow this? What is my best yes? Those, those kind of like directional questions in our life. We should never make them on a whim. We should never make them flippantly. We should say, hey, you know what? This decision has two entirely different outcomes. If we sit in the, in the moment and realize that it's gonna create a path, where does that path lead? And if that path doesn't lead somewhere I want to be, then we shouldn't take it. We have to look at decisions. We have to look at these, these, these critical moments in our life, not just those huge things, but it's, it's, it's little stuff in our, in our daily routine of making wisdom, making wise choices because they, they shape so much. So two principles. We have to understand that decisions aren't moments. They create pathways. And we understand their pathways. Then we have to understand that we can make wise decisions if we understand that and understand the gravity and the weight of it. So it's great to understand, but how do we actually apply this? How do we take God's wisdom? How do we take God's word, his, his truth, and how do we apply it to our lives? There's five uh, reminders for us this morning, and then we'll all go home. One, first one, first principle, or first reminder is to read God's word and ask him for it. How do we, how do we find wisdom and apply it to our situation? It, it's it seems basic, but read God's word and then ask God for wisdom. I know it's, it's of course, the pastor is going to say, read your Bible. Like that's usually the answer for a lot of things. Read God's word. It's the number one source of wisdom, not Google, Siri, or Alexa. I know we, we default to those, um, but it's not the number one source. It's, it's tried and true. It's God's word. Psalm 119 says the teaching of your word gives light. So even the simple can understand. And then Proverbs 7, follow my advice, my son. Always treasure my commands. Obey my commands and live. Guard my instructions as you guard your own eyes. Tie them on your fingers as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Love wisdom like a sister. Make insight a beloved member of your family. Now, why... Why is it? Now, I'm not just talking about the book of Proverbs. I'm not just talking about the wisdom literature within Scripture, but all of Scripture. We say, well, why is it important to know God's word in order to make wise decisions? Because when we read God's word, we begin to see more and more of God's character. We see how God operates. We see his principles. We see his priorities. We, we see the, the way that he, I mean, he's the author of life. He's the creator of life. We, he tells us which way to go. He, he gives us all of this stuff. And, and the more and more we, we know God, the more we, we learn how God operates, the more we know his character, the more that we know that he's slow to anger and abounding in love, the more that we know that God operates through authority, the more that we see how, how God is a God to the fatherless, that, that we, like, 
the more we understand God's ways, it gives us this, um, this set of, of, of boundaries in our decision-making. It gives us these parameters of knowing like, well, this is obviously not in, con- is, is, is not in, in alignment with the way that God operates, so it must not be wise. Um, one of the, um, when we were on vacation, uh, we, we hit up a couple of national parks, and one of them we went to was um, Zion National Park, which is just beautiful. It's hot. It's like 100,000 degrees out there, but it's, it's beautiful. And uh, one of the hikes we did is this famous hike called the Narrows, which um, you can go like 17 miles down this river, which takes you like over a day, and then you got to come back. And that was like a nope for us. So we... Um, but we went, and so we, we didn't know what to expect. They're like, hey, sometimes the water goes up to here. Sometimes it's, you're, you're hiking in a river the whole time, like in this canyon in the middle of the river. I got a couple pictures to show you um, of us. Like that's, that's where you're hiking. That's the path. You're like, you're standing in water. Exactly. That's the path. You, you walk down this river. I think there's another one. Um, you can see the, the rocks that we're walking on. So there, there's like giant boulders, there's small boulders, there's little rocks. And the entire time, luckily at the rental house, we found these sticks that we decided to bring along because, and I'm really glad. Um, but the entire time we're walking, uh, sometimes when the water's really, really shallow, you can see where you're going. But other times you're just walking blindly and you're going up current the whole time, uh, or not the whole time, because that's like the uphill both ways in the snow, barefoot on the way to school. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but the, the, the way up, you're going against the, the current. And after we, we finished the hike, I realized, I was like, that was mentally exhausting. Not because I was worried about kids. I was worried about my kids getting swept away. But, um, but it was because every time you took a step, like you had to calculate where you were gonna step on the slippery rock or where, where it was. Sometimes it was just blindly. And so you're just like, you feel like you're just walking in the dark. And, and I was like, it was so many, it was every step was a decision. And like, that was exhausting. I mean, it was beautiful. The water was freezing. It was the most beautiful thing I've seen, but it was, I was thinking about that. I was like, we can get in moments in our life that we feel so fatigued from making decisions because every step, every decision we're uncertain about. And it's like that if we don't know how God operates, if we don't have a better understanding and idea of the nature and the character and the ways of God, then every step is going to feel like we're unprepared for it. Every step is gonna be like, I don't know which way to go, I don't know which way to go. But the more we learn how God operates, the more we see his character, the more we have these, these boundaries of, of knowing, hey, this is, this is in alignment with who God is, and that's what I'm gonna do. Yes, I'm gonna forgive. That's gonna be my natural inclination is to forgive because God is forgiving and God is gracious. And he wants us to extend that to other people. So that's gonna be my default, not mm, should I or should I not, right? Like we, we don't have to think about those things. And so it gives us greater clarity in our everyday life so that we can apply wisdom to the important decisions that have to be made because the other ones are just, it's like autopilot. Because we, we know God's ways. We know, we know his heart. We know how he operates and we want to walk in that. It's like my, my three favorite words from a teacher or a professor was open book test. Like though, that was like, yes, Right? But if you didn't do any studying at all, if you didn't even like own the book until the night before the exam, 
which I didn't do, I don't think. Um, but if you, if you did nothing but just depended upon the book, you'd be there for 18 hours, right? Because you're having to read every line, you're having to learn as you do it. We have an open book life, right? And the more we understand God's word, the more we understand his, his ways, we don't have to go and search for every single answer. But when we need wisdom, it's here for us. And secondly, when we ask God, he gives it to us because he's gracious and he's kind. Um, I mean, not every, not every question has a page number for it though, right? Wouldn't it be great if every decision, every, every question we had in life had like, we could just flip there in our Bible and it's plain to see. Um, some questions aren't like that. We have to wrestle through those. We have to ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. Um, and when we don't know what to do still, number two, is we ask godly people. We ask godly people for wisdom. This is the beauty uh, of the nature of biblical community that we do life together. We're not isolated on islands. Uh, it's not this giant game of survivor. We, we do life together. We, we talked about this going through the book of Acts, the beginning of the church. They're all together. They met daily in homes. They, they ate together. They celebrated together. They worshiped together. They opened God's word together. They shared everything together. They were in community. And the beauty is that when you're in community, it's easy to ask for advice. It's easy to ask for wisdom. It's also the beauty of that is that stupid stands out at times, right? Like we, we want to be around people that when we're doing stupid, that it stands out and other people are like, hey, because I love you, knock it off. Hey, because I, I care about you, you're going down a bad path. Hey, because I, because I care about you. So when we don't know what to do, we should have godly people in our life that we can ask. I, um, I try not to ever make big decisions in my life without seeking godly wisdom. It's, it's, I, I know that I'm not smart enough, and so I'm not gonna make big decisions based on my knowledge, my intellect. But every major decision that my wife and I have made in our life, we've made those seeking godly counsel and godly wisdom. There's safety in that. Because sometimes it's really hard to put down our emotions, to put down our feelings, put down our desires, to push all of that aside and to say, God, we really want what you want. And sometimes the people around you, when you ask them to pray and you ask them to give you advice, you don't like them for a moment because they give you the advice that you know you need that you don't want. And that hurts. And I think one of the reasons that a lot of people make bad decisions and don't ask for advice is because they know the advice they would get being honest. You look back, there's decisions that you made that you didn't ask for advice because you wanted to do what you wanted to do and you didn't want people to say, hey, don't be an idiot, right? We do that. Uh, Proverbs eleven fourteen. without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Proverbs 27, five and six, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Usually when we look back at bad decisions in our life, um, they were probably made in the vacuum of a godly community. 
without godly counsel around us. But within that, it's, it's not this like checks and balances and rules and regulations. It's just safety of, of having people that have your back, that, that care more about your walk with Jesus than your feelings. And not as an excuse to just be rude and harsh, but people who generally care about your well-being, about your family, more than they do about telling you what you don't want to hear. That's biblical, godly community. Um, but here, here's the gut check, though. When we're in one of those critical decisions, when we're in one of those moments of making a, a major life, uh, financial, career decision, um, and you ask godly people who you know, like, trust the Lord, who you know love you, and they give you the advice that you don't want, the gut check is, are you actually going to heed to that? Because you can say it ahead of time, but when you hear it out of their mouth. Now, once again, people who love the Lord, who you know well, who you trust, who have your best interests in mind. Because a lot of people can come up to you and be like, hey, I feel like the Lord told me to tell you. And you're like, I need to examine that first, right? But people that you seek out, that you trust, that have your well-being in mind. When we ask them and they, they, they tell you what you don't want to hear, do we, do we heed to that? Do we listen to the wisdom? Um, are we willing to hear what they have to say? And if they don't say something, if they, if they don't tell us what we want to hear, that doesn't just mean go ask 37 more people until you find the one that agrees, right? Um, but it's trusting that as much as God can speak through his word, God can speak through other people. Because the other person that you're asking to pray and asking for wisdom and insight also has the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit also wants to speak through other people. So we have to, we have to be willing, and that's the beauty, is we submit ourselves to the, the, the safety of the multitude, the safety of the counsel of godly people. Um, so, one, uh, we read God's word, ask him for wisdom. Number two, we ask godly people um, and this one's kind of obvious, but three is learn from others. Um, learn from other people's successes and other people's mistakes. Uh, Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffer harm. Um, find other people who are doing better than you at the thing that you want to do better at. Like find people, like if, if you need financial advice, don't ask a broke college student, Right? Or, or somebody like in middle school that doesn't, I got $14. Like, no, like ask somebody who's, who's, who's successful at the area in which you need wisdom, but asterisks here, who also has a similar moral compass as you. Um, because you can, you, can, you can win at something and do it the wrong way, right? We, we got to this intersection um, Years ago, I didn't know he was going to be here today, but uh, my wife and I were at this intersection where uh, there was an opportunity to, to buy the house that we live in now. Uh, we weren't on the market, but it was, a, it was going in a foreclosure. It was going to be like a great deal, and we were told that it was a great investment. We were told it was, you know, had potential to be worth X amount of money, but I was like, I'm like 25 years old right now. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not great with real estate. I'm not great with investments, and so I was like, 
Um, so I was like, hey, I know a guy, my buddy Chris. And I was like, hey, he was, a, he was an appraiser. And so we, we hired him to come out and appraise the house. And we're like, hey, what's your expert opinion? You've been doing this a lot longer than, than, than we have. Like, what? And he was like, dude, if you don't buy it, I will. I was like, all right, that's good enough for me. Um, but his, his, his sound advice, because I, I trusted him, because I knew him, I knew his character, I knew his competency, is he's like, hey, this is a wise decision. And so there was, there was safety in that of knowing that people who are smarter than me, who are godly, are saying, hey, this is a good thing. This is a good path to walk down. And so we did it. And so we, we have to be unafraid to learn from other people. The beauty of, of social media and the beauty of the internet is that you can have an expert at anything at your fingertips, of learning principles, of learning ways, of learning uh, how people operate, of how, how people raise their children, about how people handle their finances, about how people you know, shape careers or be an entrepreneur. There, there's so much wisdom out there. I think sometimes we have to make sure that pride isn't telling us that we have to do it ourselves. But it takes humility. Humility is required of being a student. Because humility, being a student, requires you to acknowledge that somebody is better than you, that somebody knows more than you. And the beauty is that our posture as disciples, as followers of Jesus, is that he is the teacher, we are the student. And so we take that same posture in life of learning from others, of learning from their successes, of learning from their mistakes, trying to walk with wisdom. Um, I try to do this in myself. Like I, I, I try to listen to two or three, if not more, sometimes uh, sermons or podcasts a week. One, so that I can be fed, and two, so that I can grow. I realize I have a long way to grow as a teacher, as a pastor. And so I, I, wanna, I never want to get to a spot in my life that I think I've arrived, that I think I know it all, that I think I've done enough. We should all take up a posture that no matter what we're doing, that we have room to grow, that we have room to improve. Uh, number four, don't rush into bad decisions. Don't rush into bad decisions. Limited time offer, only available now in person. Um, Timeshare pitches, all of those things. They, they prey off of the idea that we don't wanna miss out. It's, it's preying on this FOMO. It's, it's this idea that like, if we don't do it now, it's never going to happen again, right? Because those situations don't want us to actually pull out our calculator and to do the math of the equation. And we're like, hey, well, this is actually a really bad deal, right? Like we, we have to make sure that we don't rush into making bad decisions just because it's here and now. Um, yes, some things need to be decided quickly, I think the beauty is that in most marriages, uh, one person is the gas pedal and one person is the brakes. Um, and we see this a lot. I'm usually the brakes. Sometimes I, I pull up the e-brake too much. Okay, I get it. She's like, I'm trying to rev the engine here. Let's go. Um, and it's a great balance. And other times I'm the gas, she's the brakes. Um, but it, it's needed because we, we never want to rush into big decisions and just say, pick an option. We never want to rush and feel like there's this urgency to have to make the decision in the moment. Uh, Proverbs 19.2, enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. Proverbs 28.20 and then 22, the trustworthy person will get a rich reward, but a person who wants quick riches will get into trouble. Showing partiality is never good, yet some will do wrong for a mere piece of bread. 
Greedy people try to get rich quick, but don't realize they're headed for poverty. Um, I, I took this up as a, as a principle, um, one, because it's kind of convenient as well, is that um, I refuse to buy anything from a door-to-door salesman that comes to our door. Um, one, because it just helps give you a good out to when they come to you, like, oh, sorry, I don't, you know, whatever. Um, but also it's usually because those are impulse decisions, impulse buys. I didn't know I needed this until you told me how much I needed this sham wow. Um, but now you're like, how, how am I gonna live? How do I face Monday without a sham wow, you know? Um, but all of those like play off of this, this idea of convincing you that you have to do something right now. And so as a principal, I'm like, hey, I don't, I don't buy anything door to door. We have Amazon and it can be here tomorrow. So if we really need it, we'll go back and we'll research it and we'll buy it tonight. Um, or timeshare presentations. You have to, we, we sat through one of those one time because um, there was something free out of it and it, it, it was a nightmare. Anyway, it took forever. Um, but it was like, we had like a pep talk with each other. We're like, we're not buying anything. We're not signing anything. We're not doing anything. And a couple times we're like, well, I don't know. You know, when they say it this way, we're like, no, no, sticking with our resolve. Um, but quick, big decisions rarely are the best decision. Um, we have to trust that God, his timing is perfect. And yes, sometimes we need to like make decisions. It's not like in a split second when you're driving your car, like try to go right or left. Like you just got to decide. But big decisions in your life that shape pathways that you walk down, uh, we shouldn't rush into those, but we should, we should pray. We should seek wisdom. We should seek godly counsel. We shouldn't rush into it. God doesn't have like limited time offers for the first 20 people, okay? God doesn't operate that way. Um, God's mercies are new every morning. God is perfect in all of his ways. And the paths that he lead us, and he calls us to walk down. Um, yes, they're narrow, but they're always best. Um, and then number five, as we wrap up, um, is keep being faithful where you are. When we get to a moment in making major decisions and, and trying to use wisdom and we don't have clarity, when we, we, we've prayed about it, when we've dug into God's word, when we know his ways, when we sought biblical counsel around us and there's still a lack of clarity, there's a lack of peace of moving forward, what do we do? You keep being faithful where you are. And I think that the tendency is, well, I just got to keep moving. I just, I just need to pick something, pick an option. But if you don't have peace, you don't move forward. You, you don't just pick something just because you feel like you're forced to. You, you, you pray and you wait and you trust God. And sometimes I think God allows us in his goodness to get us into moments when we, where we don't have peace, where we don't have that so that we can understand the principle of faithfulness. Say, hey, even though I'm, I'm, at a, I'm at a crossroads where I want to change, where I want to do something differently, if we don't have peace, sometimes the hardest thing to do is actually stand faithful where you are. Because it, it, it requires courage, it requires patience, uh, the word that none of us like. Um, the, uh, one of the other places we visited, I'm a, I love nature. I love like seeing God's creation. Is um, I was telling my kids about it. I was hyping it up so much. Is we got to go see the, the giant sequoia trees in Sequoia National Park. And these things, like we tried taking pictures and stuff, and it just like doesn't do justice because you're like, I, you, can't, you can't get the whole thing in the picture and it just doesn't. I got a couple pictures to try to explain like how massive these trees are. Um, it's just like, it doesn't even look, it doesn't look real. 
Um, but like they were standing next to two of them. They're massive. Like that's a road, right? Like it's like, it, it's hard to comprehend how big they are. Um, we even got to see the General Sherman, uh, the, the biggest one, but it, uh, that's it down there. If you notice, like there's a little area down there. Those are people that are standing down there. Like the little blue dot, those are people. These things are massive, like 30, 40 feet across, 250 feet tall. And they just like, it doesn't even, it looks like a cartoon tree, to be honest. It's just, it's just trunk all the way up. It's like, it never skipped skip leg day. It just is all like, it's just, it's got these little branches up top, but it's, its legs are stout. Um, some of these trees are between two and 3,000 years old that they were growing when Christ walked the earth. Like that, that blows my mind. And they, have, they had a, a cross section of, of one that fell over uh, or was cut down. Um, and it, it was like, you could see the rings and all of it and they get like microscopic towards the outside of it. But this tree was like 2,000, 2,200 years old and had been through 80 different fires. And part of the area where there had massive wildfires last year and these trees are scorched up. But these giant sequoias, like almost all of them have like burn marks on the side. <laughs> They've been through like bar fights or something. They just, they look rough. They look beat up. Um, but I was looking at it and uh, realized that some of them have bark that's two feet thick on the outside of it. It's like this insulation blanket on the outside of these trees. They can be scarred on the inside. Like half of the tree is burnt out, but it's still growing. And they, they resist pests uh, and disease um, and rot. And there's, there's a tree that in the 1900s, when they got there, uh, was already fallen and they used for a shelter because it was like hollowed out. We walked through the same tree. Like they just, it's outrageous how long these trees have been there. What was also interesting is that their root system, there's no main like tap root. There's no like giant root that goes down on the ground to support this largest like tree by volume in the world. Um, what it has, its root system is actually really, really shallow, but goes out, some of them up to 300 feet out. And they're all interwoven together with the other sequoias that grow. They, they grow in like little clusters. And then I, I saw that, that this one park ranger had this giant pine cone. I got a picture of it. Massive. And I was like, dude, it, everything it does is big. It's like it ate a mushroom from Mario Brothers. Um, it's like this giant pine cone. And I was like, that's a sequoia pine cone. But then afterwards, I looked it up and I was like, that's actually wrong. That's not even a sequoia pine cone. I'm like, certainly sequoia pine cone must be huge. Here's a sequoia pine cone. I'm not being, I'm not lying. I was kind of disappointed. I was kind of expecting this like massive thing. But I didn't even notice these ones on the ground. I think they were everywhere, but I didn't, I was like looking for the giant pine cone. The other one's just a pine tree, right? But I was thinking about it and I was like, these trees have stood there for thousands and thousands of years. Their, 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 their roots are interwoven together in this community around them that are supporting one another, that are drawing up the nutrients from the same areas of one another. And it takes like two years for a single pine cone to grow big enough to actually drop its seeds. And it's nothing flashy. Faithfulness isn't flashy. These trees have stood for thousands and thousands of years. And in our life, when we come to major decisions, when we don't know what to do, sometimes the hardest thing is to actually just be faithful where we are, to do the next right thing, 
to be lasting, to say, hey, you know what? Even, even when the pressure was on me, I'm gonna, meet, I'm gonna remain faithful. It's not flashy, it's not new, but you know what? Biblically, the definition of success is faithfulness. That's not what the world says. But it, what's, what's true, what's right, is that we are men and women of character, of resolve, that trust the Lord in his ways enough that when we're in an intersection and we don't know what to do, that we're humble enough to ask for wisdom, that we trust God enough to seek his word and to seek his ways, that we're humble enough to ask people around us to help us find wisdom, that we learn from other people, and most importantly, when we don't know what to do, that we don't move until we have clarity from the Lord, that we're faithful where we are. I think God in his goodness allows us to get to those spots because he wants us to just dig our feet deeper, to stay planted, to let our roots grow and leave a legacy. I think that is what God is calling us to do. How do we live our lives? We live them with wisdom, the way that God has called us to live. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at therenovation.church.